0: Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting Agorapulse.com/slash SME today. Again, agorapulse.com/slash SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host,
1: Michael Stelzner.
0: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzer, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who wanna know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Brett Curry, and we're gonna talk about Amazon ads. Yes, you heard that right, Amazon ads. Now, whether you sell physical products on Amazon or not, your mind is gonna be blown with what you can do with Amazon ads. Listen to the entire interview. By the way, if you want to reach me, you can tag me on Instagram at Stelsner, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And now for this week's brand new discovery.
2: Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival
1: tip.
0: Today, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric?
1: I found, actually, you shared this one with me, so I'm going to make that disclaimer. Uh, This one's called Bye Bye Camera, and it takes humans out of photos in the app when you take pictures on your iOS device.
0: So tell me more, because I didn't really investigate this enough. So what is, how does that work exactly?
1: Yeah, Yeah, so what this does is, I mean, it's it's fairly simple. So it's called Bye Bye Camera for a reason, because it makes people go bye bye. And what it does is you basically take a picture, and it's got humans in it. And it then does a pass on it. I mean, it literally says detecting humans and a like little roller or like camera rollerball thing. And and then it spits out (laughs) afterwards in post the picture, but it removes the humans.
0: So. If you took a shot on your phone and and it was a great shot except like somebody happened to be like peeking in on one of the corners of it or something yeah. like that it would remove it and fill it in with what's behind them is that the idea
1: yeah I mean basically it's and, and, and within reason here's the thing like I tried it a couple times with major fail because I was the majority of the picture and then I was like, oh duh it's not gonna take me out because it doesn't know what's behind me whatsoever right so you know, it's gotta be. And I, I did some testing, and you kind of, you know, you want to be a little bit further out. But yeah, something that's got a great like ambiance or cinematography type feel to it, or a, you know, a visual aid to it. It's it's like, okay, there's that one person over there. I wish they weren't standing there. It'll detect that person, see what's around them, and then remove them, and and it would look like they weren't even there.
0: How's the quality?
1: I mean, it's same quality as my photo was originally
0: really so. wow so they do a pretty good job of uh yeah. recreating what was behind the person based on what's around them huh
1: yeah and and i can say that now because actually one of the things that they did in between uh me finding out about the app and us talking about it is they added the ability to import photos into it as well oh so cool you just, yeah you don't just have to take camera shots in the camera app of the app itself you can import photos
0: so, if you got a cool photo and there just happens to be a person in it and you kind of wish that person wasn't in it, um, like for example, I would imagine for real estate people, like that, there's a really good shot of their house, but there's a kid playing in the driveway, boom, this will take the kid out of the picture.
1: Perfect. Yes, exactly.
0: Where do we get this thing?
1: So <laughs> the URL is very cool. It's uh, You can find it at buybuy.camera, and that's spelled b y e b y e dot camera. It's 2 dollars on the iOS App Store, but I think it's well worth it.
0: Awesome. Thank you for that find, Eric. You're welcome. AI has been a massive disruptive force over the past year. That's why we're excited to announce our brand new show, Introducing AI Explored. It's a weekly show hosted by me, Michael Stelzner. If you wanna understand how to put AI to work, this is the show for you. Each week we'll dive deep into using AI to your advantage. We're talking the practical, tactical stuff that I know you're probably craving. Search for AI Explored on your favorite podcast app and happy listening. And now for my interview with Brett Curry.
1: Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide.
0: Today, I'm excited to be joined by Brett Curry. If you don't know who Brett is, he is the CEO of OMG Commerce, an agency that specializes in Google and Amazon ads. He's also the host of the e commerce evolution podcast. Welcome back to the show, Brett.
2: Hey, what's up, Michael? Thanks for having me back, man. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Well, I'm excited to explore something with you that I've never talked about before because I don't know anything about it, which is Amazon ads. <laughs> so um, a lot of people are going to be really interested in this. So let's start with like why. What's the why on Amazon ads? You got any stats or anything interesting to uh, talk about?
2: Absolutely. And it's, it's a fascinating why. And, and just to give a, a quick background, and you kind of mentioned it, but I, I'm a Google guy kind of first. That's where I cut my teeth with online marketing was with Google search and Google ads. And so... Amazon was in a new territory for me about three years ago. But as, I, as we started looking at the stats and had clients asking us about Amazon advertising, it quickly became a no-brainer for us. But, but a couple of things to consider. One, right now, Amazon, even though most people consider it just a retailer, right, just, to, just the, the place where they buy stuff online, it's now the number three digital ad platform in the world. Behind Google, it was number one. Facebook, number two, and then and then now Amazon, wow. number three. So That's crazy. It, it is crazy. Most people don't know that. Don't think about that. So in 2018, Amazon generated 10 billion with a B in ad revenue. Wow. Uh, Which is just staggering. And and a lot of forecasters thought it'd be like three or four billion. So they're they're growing at a really fast rate and exceed expectations and things like that. It's still relatively small compared to Google. Google's at like 136 billion, Facebook's at 55 billion. But I've seen estimates that over the next two or three years, Amazon's ad business will be 23 to 25 billion in revenue. So it's just huge. It's just crazy. The other thing that really made us say, okay, we we have to consider Amazon was watching how product search behavior has shifted. So looking back at like 2014, search engines and primarily Google, but search engines got more product searches than anything else, right? So most people shopping for a product, they would begin on search engines. So in 2014, it was like 55% of all product searches started on search engines. Now I'm seeing estimates of that that's under 30% of product searches begin on search engines. Still a lot of searches. We still do a lot with Google. But now on Amazon, Amazon is estimated to get over 50%. So 52% of all product searches now begin on Amazon. And that's up from like 38% in 2014. So yeah, a lot of people, when they're looking to buy a product, you know, whether that's a kitchen good or apparel or whatever so many of those searches are beginning on Amazon and and even for for younger crowds like 18 to 29 that's that those numbers are even higher people starting on Amazon. So also when you consider the data that Amazon has the buyer data so Amazon knows what we're shopping for, what we're in the market for, what we've purchased in the past for us prime members which I know I know you are Michael and so am I. I mean, Amazon like knows our buying behavior really well, so they can take that data, and we can take that data as advertisers and use that to leverage that Amazon data, even to advertise off Amazon, which we'll get into later. But th- there's just so much going on with Amazon ads. It's a fascinating area. It's growing like crazy, and I, I think it benefits a lot of people, even those that are maybe not fully on Amazon's. Really cool
0: stuff. Yeah, and that's an important little distinction you just said there, folks. You do not have to have a product on Amazon to actually benefit from Amazon ads platform. In addition, as we're going to talk about, you don't even need to sell products to be on the Amazon ad platform. Although it's preferred, there are ways that you could use Amazon to sell services or things that might be outside the norm of your normal operating procedures. And you're definitely going to want to, I mean, out of the norm of what you think Amazon is best for. So stick around because we're going to talk about some fascinating things. So Brett, let's start with what are the traditional ad options on Amazon before we get into some of the new exciting things? Some of the things people might have already seen and noticed a lot when they've been on the platform.
2: Sure. And, and some of the traditional ad options you do need to be on Amazon for. We'll get into some kind of cool stuff that a lot of people don't know about that you can use in a variety of ways. But, yes, yeah, some of the traditional ad units would be one-sponsored products. And so this is what you're seeing if you're on the Amazon app or you're on Amazon.com and you're searching for you know, o- organic dog food or you're searching for you a know, new pizza cutter or something like that. Usually, they're going to be a handful of those listings that are right at the top that are, are ads. They look like the organic listings, but they say "ad" on there. So those are sponsored products. Those work in similar fashion to Google Shopping ads. If you're familiar with with those, uh, these are run on a a cost per click basis. So advertiser are are paying uh, a CPC when a user clicks on those ads. So, so those are our sponsored products. They look just like the organic listings, but they have ad written on them. You've probably seen also the, the banner kind of across the top. So again, if you're searching on, on Amazon and and that is the, the way most people find products on Amazon is through search. You know, occasionally people will find products through a, a lightning deal or prime day specials or whatever, but it's still primarily search. So on that search results page on Amazon across the top, there's usually a banner, a banner that features three products, has a headline and a logo typically that's called sponsored brands. And so that that's kind of another primary ad unit or ad option on Amazon. It's also run on a CPC basis. And so both of those are our staples. They're both very effective. Uh, If we look at where do people that, that advertise on Amazon, where do they spend most of their budget? The vast majority is spent on those sponsored products, with sponsored brands probably being a, a somewhat distant second. But both of those ad uh, units are, are very popular and, and usually very effective. High return on ad spend for both of those. And, and they're really used for driving immediate sales, right? So someone's on Amazon, they're searching for a product, that pops up. Someone is, is likely either early in the shopping journey or right about ready to purchase. So the return on ad spend for those ad products is, is quite high.
0: Now the sponsored brands, if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw one when I was searching for an iPhone and I think it allowed Apple to kind of have its own little kind of mini website. Is that the same thing or is that totally different?
2: Yeah. So you can, you can kind of choose where you want people to go when they click on that ad so that that sponsored brand, it looks like a banner like I said, features three products typically. You can have that link to kind of a category page that's all your brand, but it looks a category page could look more like just a standard Amazon search results page. So that's an option. Or you can send it to your Amazon store or Amazon storefront. And that's what you saw with Apple. So you click on that. It, it looks like kind of a mini website, mini website on Amazon. And it has, you know, the Apple accessories and iPhone, the actual iPhones and things like that. So you can, you can send that sponsor brand traffic to your Amazon storefront if you want.
0: Yep. Perfect. All right. So that's the traditional, right? Now let's talk about what's new and exciting.
2: Yeah. So the, the traditional stuff, you know, if if you're selling on Amazon, you got to do it, you know, it's just becoming more and more competitive, like with Google a lot of the top results now are ads. So you, you need to be there to really show up. So it's important. But I know a lot of people listening aren't selling on Amazon. So, so what do you do? How do you leverage Amazon? And that's where Amazon DSP comes into play. And DSP stands for demand side platform. And basically what this does is it allows you as an advertiser to take Amazon's data. So Amazon's shopper data. And then apply that to some open ad exchanges. And now you can run display ads targeting people based on their Amazon behavior. So you can target people based on what they've purchased, what they've searched, products they visited but have not purchased, all kinds of things. We can get into the specific audience targeting as we go here. But basically, this allows you to run very targeted display ads based on Amazon's data. And, and again, Amazon knows all about your buying history and your shopping behavior and what you're likely in the market for right now. And so th- this is an area that a lot of people don't know about. A lot of Amazon sellers don't know about. And a lot of people that aren't on Amazon certainly don't know about. But it's, it's growing extremely fast. And really has a lot of applications. Give us an example
0: of what that, like talk that, give us just a hypothetical or maybe even one of your clients, like, like what exactly, how does that work? Just so let's talk that out a little bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's use, so we have a client that sells running shoes. So one of the primary ways we use Amazon DSP is, is a way that'll make sense to everybody listening to the podcast We can use it to run retargeting ads, right? So you can use the DSP platform to build a list of people who have visited your specific product listings. So they visited your products on Amazon but have not purchased. You can now build an audience of those people and run retargeting ads to them. And those retargeting ads can appear on Amazon.com. So they could appear... The next time someone's on a category page on Amazon searching for something else, your ad could appear there as a reminder. Like, hey, don't forget about these running shoes. Or those ads could appear on ESPN.com or CNN or essentially like any site that's part of the Google Display Network. You could run a retargeting ad on for your Amazon listings because the Google Ad X exchange as is, is part of the Amazon DSP offering. So retargeting, that's a really easy kind of no brainer, always works type of thing. You could also look at then kind of a loyalty audience. So you could also build a list of people who have purchased from you. So maybe they've bought the running shoe, but they haven't bought your sandal or they bought the sandal, but they haven't bought the hiking boot or something along those lines. And so then you can kind of run some loyalty campaigns where you can say, Hey, you love this product, here is our hiking shoe, and you should consider it as well. So loyalty campaigns, super interesting. And the examples I'm giving now are still for Amazon sellers. We'll, we'll show how to do this for non-Amazon sellers in a bit. But then another type of targeting that just kind of blew my mind when I, when I first heard about it, uh, the marketer inside of me was, was rejoicing. Uh, you can also target your competitors. So you can build an audience of people that have visited your competitors' products on Amazon and have not purchased. And you can plug in those ASINs to the Amazon DSP platform. What's an ASIN? So it's like a SKU. So it's Amazon's uh, standard identification number. Oh, got it. Okay. I always, yeah. But it's yep. like a SKU, but it's just Amazon's
0: term. Got it. And, so and you so, were saying you can target those SKUs even though they're not your SKUs, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah. So you can either say... Amazon, build me a list of people that have visited, you know, Nike and Reebok and Skechers and whatever else, if, you, if you're selling a competing running shoe. So show me who's searched for those products or visited those product listings on Amazon and, and has not purchased yet. So that would that would indicate, hey, they're in the market. They're shopping these other brands they haven't purchased yet. I want to reach them with my product. Or you can take someone who actually has purchased from your competitors and, and target them. And that could be a way to maybe find people that are, are buying a certain product, but maybe they're discontent or getting bored or whatever, and they may want to look at, at your product. So, so that is super interesting. We've worked with several toy sellers, you know, around the holidays and, and use these, these competitor audiences and have done very well. We have clients in the in the home and, and bedding space that have done very well with these competitor audiences. It doesn't convert as well as a a true retargeting audience, right? Which makes sense, but it can work very well and and can be a way to, to really target some highly qualified prospects. This is something that people ask us all the time on the Google side. Like, can we do this with our Google ads? And and the short answer is no, there's kind of some roundabout ways to do it, but, but not this precise or this exact. So that's really cool.
0: By the way, Uh, I just want to say that's freaking powerful, right? I mean, like you can't even really do that on Facebook either. Right. I mean, like you can uh, say interested in this brand, if it shows up in your interest, but this is, this is very powerful.
2: It is. Yeah, every, every other marketer that I've told this to, they're like, what? You know, it just blows their mind. It's possible. It is. Uh, and you can pick those specific products. So, again, this becomes useful because you know, I used the example of organic dog food a minute ago. You might not want to remarket to the people that are selling, uh, I don't even know if this brand exists anymore, but like uh, old, old Roy or whatever the, the old Walmart brand was, uh, Sam's Choice, something like you may not want to target them because you're selling organic dog food and it's expensive. And so the Old Roy buyer may not be the ideal buyer. But you look at other competing organic dog food brands, choose them because that that's your buyer. Those are the products that are similar to yours. Build an audience around that. And now you can target them with ads. So uh, kind of slightly higher in the funnel audience option is, is what Amazon calls in market audiences. And just like they sound, that means someone who's actively shopping for categories of products. So these are kind of broken down in, in specific predefined categories that, that Amazon gives you. So with the competitor audiences I talked about a minute ago, that's where you're spelling it out and saying, hey, Amazon, I want to target these people. The in-market audiences are are broader. So you could – I mentioned a toy seller a minute ago. You could choose an audience of people that are shopping for educational toys for kids age 10 to 12, right? That, that's, a, that's an audience that, that wow. Amazon offers or someone who's in the market for these types of supplements or things like that. So this works really well for some clients. Again, you know, when, when you're looking at peak buying time periods like the holiday shopping season or prime day or something seasonal, you know, if it's springtime for your outdoor product then this is one of those areas where you can choose an in-market audience and, and target them with ads. And again, those ads can appear on Amazon.com. They could appear on IMBD, which is Internet Movie Database, also owned by Amazon, or across the web, uh, across different open ad exchanges. So those in-market audiences are, are very powerful as well. But those are based more on like categories that you visit, category pages that you're you're visiting on Amazon. There's also kind of a new targeting option, which which you don't have a lot of data around, but but it makes sense that it'd be powerful. It's based on what, what people are actually searching for. So this would be similar to it, if someone knows Google ads well, Google calls it a, a custom intent audience. And that's that's where you on Google, you can build an audience of people that have searched for specific things on Google. You can build an audience of those people, target them through the display network, target them through YouTube. Uh, Amazon is launching their version of that. So it's building an audience of people based on what they searched for on Amazon. So that's pretty powerful as well. So yeah, lots of options.
0: Let's talk about where the ads show up and then let's systematically go back through each one of these. So you mentioned they show up on amazon.com and talk a little bit more like where are the places again where these ads can show up and what do they look like when they show up?
2: Yeah, so next time you're on Amazon, either on the app or on the desktop version, whatever, uh, just pay attention. It can be on a category page, so so you're searching for something. Uh, I found this where I was searching for some exercise equipment, mainly because we have a client that sells exercise equipment. But I was searching for exercise equipment, and then kind of along either the left-hand side or the bottom I saw an ad for Timex, right? Timex like workout type watches. And then I also saw an ad for silicone wedding rings, right? Cuz they're targeting people that are active and in the market for workout gear and so they think hey this is probably a good good match for people to buy silicone wedding rings. So they can appear on a, a category page uh so that's where you're searching on on Amazon get the category page or the, you know, search results
0: page. So I, I, ask, just sure. real quick, is a category page where they show like the, the best sellers? Is that what we're talking about? Or is that something totally different?
2: Yep. Could show best sellers. Yeah. But it's mainly, I go to Amazon, I type in a search query. So let's just say I'm looking for rowing machines, right? So I type in rowing machines on Amazon. I get that search results page. It's got, you know, top sellers and Amazon's choice and all that's listed. Uh, around the edges, Amazon will run ads. And some of those, if it looks like more of like a display ad, that's uh-huh. like the Amazon DSP. And so that that's kind of what they look like. We can run them, you can create them to look like your Amazon listing, or you can create them to look like your branding, or there's, there's several options there. So they, they can run on a, a category page or search results page. They can also appear on a specific product page. So now let's say I, I go into the rowing machine page or into the treadmill page. On that page, I may see another ad. It's usually kind of towards the bottom. I may see another ad for those silicone wedding rings, or I may see an ad for compression shorts hmm. or something like that saying, Hey, this, this is someone they're looking for a rowing machine. They're looking for a treadmill. They're active, they're athletic, you know, uh, or trying to be or whatever. And so let's show them this product that's, that's related. So they could appear there, uh, or you could be at TMZ.com and, you know, after you've been searching on Amazon and now, the ad for the compression shorts or the ad for that silicone wedding ring shows up there. And so it could, could show up across the web. And and again, there are like seven open ad exchanges that you can target when using Amazon DSP. One of them is AdX, which is owned by Google. So basically it's like another version of the the Google display network. It's just, you're accessing it a different way. So, you know, that covers like 93% of the web or something like that. So, so your ad could appear on blog sites, ESPN.com, all kinds of other places. I would imagine
0: Twitch as well, right? Because that's Amazon owned, right?
2: I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so.
0: And IMDB, you mentioned earlier, I think, right?
2: Yeah. IMDb. Yep. And that's, yeah, I, I didn't know this prior to maybe a year ago or so, but that, that's owned by Amazon, internet movie database owned by Amazon. So yeah, ads can appear there. That's a very effective placement for these ads typically. So, yep.
0: Okay. So let's go back to the standard retargeting. The standard retargeting if I'm not mistaken, was that specifically for if you have a product on Amazon, they do not purchase. Is that correct? It
2: is. I mean, that, that's where it's used most, and that's where it would be most effective. That's what I would recommend. You could. So Amazon does provide a pixel, right? So tracking pixel, just like Facebook has, similar. So you could place the Amazon pixel on your website, and and you could use this as a vehicle to retarget people that visit your website. So you could do that most, the vast majority of the people that we're running retargeting ads are are all trying to get people back to Amazon to purchase. That's where it's most effective.
0: Got it. So, um, I'll come back to the pixel in a minute, but so, so pretty much for the most part, standard retargeting is retargeting the sales page. The loyalty campaigns remind me what that one was again.
2: Yep. So that, that's where you're targeting someone who's already purchased from you. This is thinking in, in a little, you know, a little deeper in the funnel. So now, you know, really the name of the game for any business, whether it's e-commerce or not, is how do we get the same customer to buy multiple times from us, to buy more products, to, to be a really loyal customer. And so you can, you can build loyalty campaigns where, hey, these are people that have bought this specific product. So they bought the Again, the running shoe, but they haven't bought the sandal. Let's show them an ad for the sandal. Uh, now we know they're they're already a buyer. They already know our brand. Hopefully, they like it and trust it. Now let's show them another product that they should purchase.
0: So, in the case of the retargeting and the loyalty campaigns, is there a limit? And are we reliant on Amazon providing the data? Do you understand? Like with the loyalty campaign, are we uploading a CSV file, or are we just saying everybody who's bought this product from Amazon? within a period of time, like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of trying to get at like some, how, how far back can you go? So on and so forth.
2: Yeah. Great question. And so you're, you're relying on Amazon for the data and you know, we like to, as we build out retargeting flows, you know, retargeting campaigns, we do like to build that out based on recency, right? So, so who's maybe viewed a product in the last 10 days, seven days, three days, things like that, especially on Google, we'll build it out that detail, but you can look at 30 day audiences, 60 day, 90 day, even back to, I believe 365 days. So, uh, but you are relying on Amazon for that data. So whether it's a, I viewed, but have not purchased or it's I've purchased, you can, you can go back. I believe it's to 365 days for sure. 30, 60, 90. Those are, those are all available. And and so you know just like with anything else, those retargeting audiences, if it's someone who's visited but not purchased, the the more recent the audience, usually the more effective, right? So that that thirty day audience is going to work better than the sixty day audience, which is going to work better than the ninety day audience. But they can they can all be effective, and kind of depending on the, the the purchase cycle, you know, sometimes if we're looking at a at a loyalty campaign, so someone who's bought in the past another product. And now we're selling them something different that we offer. Sometimes those 60 or 90 day audiences work
0: great there. Um, Some products you have to rebuy all the time, right? So like if you're talking about air filters or something, right, you could target them every 90 days, right?
2: Absolutely. So then you can kind of do the have purchased this product. Uh, So you, you kind of, you would take the, just, just use an example. Let's use like filters, air filters or something like that. So they need to buy those every 60 days. You can target your 60 day audience. Exclude your 30-day audience, right? So now you've got people that are kind of in that in that window, or you could target people that are on the 90-day audience, whatever. Uh, c- kind of break that up. So now you're showing ads kind of as a reminder. So a, a repurchase program. That's that's another. We kind of lump that under the the loyalty category, but it, it's slightly different than the example we used before, where yeah, you're looking at hey, let's let's repurchase this product we bought in the past. Because it's a consumable, and we now need it again. So yeah, that, that, those are very effective.
0: Do you know anything about the couponing side of things? Is that totally different than this, or is it related to this? And can you include a coupon, for example, in an ad?
2: It is slightly different. I don't have a ton of experience with with couponing. I know anytime you can create an offer or a discount, you know that can increase your both your click through rate and your conversion rate. You can extend offers in these ads. So you know that that's certainly something to, to consider a lot of our clients you know because amazon is such a competitive place and because competitors are changing prices all the time and things like that we have a lot of clients that, that that stay on top of that and either adjust their prices regularly or they've just said hey this is a good value for the quality of product we have we're not the lowest we're not the highest we're right where we want to be for our buyer and so they kind of stick with that but yes you can you can run offers through these these ads for sure
0: the pricing, uh, did you say it was a cost per click or CPM or how, how are they priced?
2: Yeah. So the, the traditional ads, so sponsored products, sponsored brands, those are all CPC. So you're paying when someone clicks on those ads. For Amazon DSP, so for the display ads, regardless of whether those display ads show up on Amazon.com or on the open exchanges, they're actually based on a CPM model. So uh, you're paying for impressions and Amazon will calculate for you what your CPC is They'll also calculate for you your return on ad spend. So look at, you know, conversion value divided by cost and give you your return on ad spend. But you're paying a CPM. You're paying a cost per thousand. And what's cool is, you know, depending on the audience you're targeting, some of those CPMs can be really low for the broader audiences. So in market type audiences, you know, sometimes two, three, four dollars CPMs especially if you're using kind of an in-market audience and targeting those open ad exchanges. If you're targeting someone on Amazon.com and you're using a retargeting audience, as an example, the CPMs are higher. You know, you may be in the 10, 15, all the way up to $30 or so for a CPM. But the conversion rates are crazy high there, right? Click-through rates are high, conversion rates are high when you're talking about retargeting and and ads that are on Amazon. And so again, you know, it's all about, at the end of the day, it's all about return on ad spend. It's all about the impact we're having on sales, but, but yeah, you're paying a a CPM. That's how you're bidding. That's how you're making adjustments. It's all a CPM model.
0: We probably should talk about whether or not this, there's a self-service model right now, or whether or not you have to work through an agency like yours. Let's talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So there's actually a couple ways you can do it. So you can go direct to Amazon. So Amazon has a Amazon marketing group, uh, know some folks there, some really sharp, awesome people working for Amazon media group, uh, working for Amazon. And so if you do that, typically they've got pretty hefty minimums. So kind of at the time of this recording, they're looking for about 35 K in committed ad spend, or sometimes they're looking for like 15 K a month commitment kind of depends. Or you can go through DSP, which is kind of the, the self-serve model. If you do that on your own, it's kind of the same thing. Kind of that 35 k spend is what they're looking for before they'll open that up to you. Or you can use an agency. And there's, there's a handful of great agencies that run Amazon DSP ads. And then kind of depending on the philosophy of the agency, all agencies meet minimums, you know, the minimums that, that Amazon has. So we don't have any specific minimums per additional client. Uh, so that's kind of a agency by agency case, whether they want to implement an, a minimum or not. You and get, so the, you get the
0: volume management. benefit when you work with an agency, right? Because you've got exactly. lots of clients, you're meeting the minimums, and you're the middleman between the setup, I would imagine, right? And and yep, you, yep, you, you exactly. help make this stuff smarter. So the question on the competitor side of things, assuming most people listening right now are not going to be spending $35,000 a month and they'll have to work with an agency like yours. Is it complicated to target the competition's products? I mean, because, you know, they could have bazillions of SKUs or is there a smart AI in place where it will kind of just intelligently pick the right competitive products or how does that work?
2: Yep. So you can go about it a couple different ways. You can either put your ASINs or again, your your, your SKUs into the system and then Amazon will automatically build a similar product targeting audience. So, so Amazon will look at your products and say, here's this other group, this other batch of products that are similar, right? Hmm. So you can do that. And, and in, in the past, actually prior to June 17th, that was the only thing you could do. You could just say, here are my products. Amazon build kind of a, a related, kind of like a similar to audience if you look at Amazon right, or right. lookalike audience, if you're looking at Facebook, um, but now, cause you used to have to prove that you owned the ASIN before you entered it into the system to build an audience. Now you can take any ASIN and plug it into the system and then get, get again, that audience of people that have visited and have not purchased or, people that I have purchased. So you can kind of go the easy route and just use your ASINs and let Amazon build an audience for you of, of related ASINs or you plug in your competitors' ASINs and build a very targeted audience. So yeah, it kind of depends on on size and scope as well, right? So if you want a very targeted audience of, hey, it's just these five competitors or just these top you know five competitor products, do that manually, plug in those ASINs or let Amazon build kind of a larger,
0: similar to audience for you. The in-market audiences, are there just a few hundred or how does that work exactly?
2: Yeah, there are boatloads. So that's the technical number there. Uh, boatloads. <laughs> I'm not,
0: I'm I mean, not- but is it, is it smart? Is it just like in-market for baby products, in-market for house products, or is it is it literally almost as many categories as there are on Amazon for products?
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. Almost as many categories as there are on Amazon. It's very detailed. It's in the thousands for sure. The great thing is there's there's kind of a tool in place. So as you're as you're looking at categories, you just start searching. So sort of like I start typing in organic dog food and then it will show you know related categories. So yeah, there's lots and lots to choose from. Again, kind of going back to that, the toy example. So we had a client that sells lots and lots of different types of toys, especially around the holidays. And so, you know, we could target things like educational toys for this age group, you know, th- things like that. Or it can get very specific down to maybe we want to target people that are buying remote control cars or something like that, because our product is related to that. You can get very specific with remote control cars as well as a category and use that as an in-market audience. So yeah, there's a lot of options for in-market audiences as well.
0: Perfect. Now we kind of hinted a little bit earlier that you don't have to be selling physical products to actually benefit from the Amazon stuff we're talking about. Can you elaborate on that a little bit?
2: Yeah. So here here's what's beautiful. Uh currently Amazon doesn't care if you send traffic when, when you're running Amazon DSP ads. So when you're running these display ads, Amazon doesn't care if you send that traffic back to Amazon or if you send traffic to your own website. So they really this can be thought of for someone who who doesn't sell on Amazon. This can just be thought of as another way to target people online, leveraging Amazon's shopper buyer data and then applying that to a lot of open ad exchanges. So there's actually a lot of a lot of movies. So as, as a new movie is being released, they'll often use Amazon DSP, or they may work directly with Amazon, I'm not really sure, but using the same data where you know it's, it's a new Avengers movie. And so the new Avengers movie. It would make sense for them to target people that have searched for anything Marvel related, anything Captain America related, Iron Man related, you know, the other superheroes that Spider-Man. I'm going to blank on Spider-Man. right now. Spider Man, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people that are searching for, I'm looking for Spider Man pajamas, or I'm looking for Spider Man lunchbox, or I'm looking for this this old Avengers movie. So, Again, taking that audience of hey, these are people that are actively engaged in Marvel related stuff on Amazon, let's now hit them up with the new uh, an ad for the new Avengers movie and point them to the movie website, right to the premiere website or to the trailer or something like that. Right. And so Amazon really doesn't care as long as they have, they have guidelines right there are some some things that are restricted like medical devices and some of the usual suspects, you know, weapons and stuff like that. You can't advertise or get or advertised, period, but certainly can't send someone to a site that, that promotes those things. But but yeah, it, it could be your product, your service, your event, your training, whatever. You can build that audience based on someone's behavior on Amazon, run those display ads and point them back to your site. Now, that's where you definitely need the Amazon pixel to try to build, a you know, kind of track conversions and what's happening and things like that. But, uh, but yeah, it's
0: super fascinating. and Well, couldn't, things, you, couldn't we you just throw a UTM on the end of the ads and also track it that way too with Google Analytics? Uh,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. You, you could totally do it that way uh, as well and then just track somewhere else. The, the nice thing is for optimizations in the Amazon platform, so as you're kind of in the Amazon DSP interface, to be able to see return on ad spend there. Got where. It. where making the optimizations is, is helpful, but you don't have to do that. I know as we talk to people about, uh, Hey, we could put an Amazon pixel on your site. Some people are, are a little leery. Like, hey, yeah. I- Cause
0: do we really want to give them our data? Right?
2: Exactly. Bezos knows enough. He doesn't <laughs> need my website data as well. So they, uh, uh, cross their heart that they will not use that data in any way, shape or form. But, but I get it. I get it. If, if someone's apprehensive or nervous about that, don't blame them at all. So, so yeah, it's nice to have conversion data in the Amazon platform because that's where you make your optimizations. Just like if you're optimizing in Facebook or you're optimizing inside the Google ads platform, having conversion data there helps as you bid up and down and stuff like that. But yeah, you could just, you could throw a UTM on there, track a Google analytics or whatever your preferred analytics platform is. You could definitely do it that way as well.
0: I'm thinking about the travel industry, right? Let's just say that someone buys luggage, right? Why couldn't you target those people if you, are a major hotel chain, right? Like stay at the Hyatt or use American Airlines, right? Those are both things you would not buy on Amazon. But if you know that people are buying travel-related things, why couldn't you? You could, couldn't you?
2: Absolutely, yeah. And that's that's just one of those kind of outside the box, which which is kind of I guess kind of a tired term, but yeah, a unique way of looking at. Yeah. So what if what if someone's searching for travel pillow? What if they're searching for these types of of Luggage manufacturers. So maybe go high end if you're a luxury resort or a luxury hotel, target those people. Yeah. You know, they're searching for that because they're going to be traveling. And then maybe you could dig even a little bit deeper and say, Hey, it's people that wear, you know, people that buy these specific travel related products. They're avid travelers. And so those are the people we definitely want to target. What about books?
0: What about, why not, why not target people that buy marketing books with marketing products? I mean, couldn't you do that?
2: You could absolutely do that. Um, That's another thing we we've seen even from, people that this is going back to an e-commerce example, but you can still kinda kinda see where the, the thought process goes where someone's selling vegan clothing, right? So this is clothing that, that's cruelty free and we're not using any animal products. So so no leather, none of that stuff. Hey, let's target people that are searching for vegan-related cookbooks or vegan this or that products on Amazon. Let's now show them our shoes and, and tout that it's vegan-friendly and here's our cause and all of those things. So, yeah, absolutely. You, you can look at books because books do give an indication of what someone is into, what they're interested in, and, and things like that. Now, one, one little caveat that I will give, and this can kind of help shape, hey, what audiences can I build or not build – if you're giving Amazon a specific product, so let's just say I'm giving them you know, the book Good to Great, which is a phenomenal book. I'm listening to it again for like the third or fourth time. But you give them the book Good to Great, and I want to target people that are into growing their business or better management skills or whatever, and I've got a training course that I'm promoting. That specific product has to have at least 5,000 unique monthly visitors before Amazon will build an audience around it. So if you choose like some random book or some random product, what if you took 20 books and
0: put them together. Can you meet it that way? Okay.
2: Yes. Yes. So that, that's thing you do. So, so say, Hey, I've got a collection of these books that, Hey, anybody that's kind of into any of these books, these are the people that are, are my buyers bundle them up. uh, Amazon will build an audience around those people. And yeah, once you bundle products, then you're almost certain to reach that 5,000 minimum Threshold. People's
0: minds are exploding right now. I can I can hear the pops <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> because yeah, there's so many in so, my uh,
0: audience who are not selling physical products, but they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think of books, and then audiobooks too, right? Listen to audiobooks, right? I mean, I would imagine you could promote a podcast if you wanted to through audiobook listening, couldn't you?
2: Yep, you know Audible. So Audible is owned by Amazon, so you can kind of look at, at some of that data as well. And so, so yeah, I mean, the thing to consider is, you know, this is a, this platform is a a real slam dunk for physical products because it just all ties together. But there's a lot of opportunity if you're creative for going beyond that and, 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 you know, selling travel related services or, or promoting movies or promoting services or training or whatever. Yeah. Lots and lots of opportunities.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Well, is there anything else that we need to talk about that people should know specifically about Amazon ads that we didn't already cover?
2: So, you know, the, the, the thing that we like to talk about when you're looking at, at, at any of these options is, you know, in, in general, when you can, we like to start with retargeting, you know, start with retargeting, start, start at the bottom of the funnel. Let's test ads, let's test appeals, let's make sure things are let's headlines, things like that. Make sure that's working. And then we can kind of move up in the funnel and start testing competitor targeting and in market targeting and, and things like that. So so definitely look at that. you know, just just like with any other platform, let, let the data speak, let the data inform your decisions so you can see what's actually converting and what's not, and then make decisions accordingly. You know, Amazon in, in some ways, they're more advanced than other platforms, right? Like, like specifically with the competitor targeting, like that's not available on any other platform and, and probably won't be on a lot of those other platforms. There's uh, there's other ways though where they're not as advanced, right? So if you compare the search offerings, it's arguably not as advanced as what you would see on Google, right? Google's been doing the, the ad thing for longer. Amazon's starting to get into some kind of AI stuff. So, so using machine learning, using AI to... Offer bid adjustments. So if you look at whether whether you're giving a goal to Facebook, where you're asking Facebook to hit a target CPA or target return on ad spend or whatever, doing the same on Google, Amazon's starting to kind of get there. We'll get into all the details. A lot of that, in my opinion, is not working very well on the Amazon side. Where where I do love target return on ad spend or target CPA bidding on the Google side, I don't love it yet for the Amazon side. It's called something different on Amazon, but but same concept. It's it's not fully there yet. But yeah, if you're not advertising on Amazon, I think it's something to at least study and pay attention to because they're already the number number three platform. They're only going to continue to grow. And and there's going to be more and more options that open up. And another option that we're super excited about, this is something that you can only do through Amazon right now, but it will open up to other people, to agencies, and then to uh, advertisers as a, a self-serve model is uh, what's called video in search so uh, right now it's only in the app the mobile app but as you search for dog treats organic dog food scroll through you know the Amazon products there are now some videos that autoplay there and, and it kind of looks like an Instagram video really it looks like an Instagram ad those are working very well. So we, even though we can't run them, we can see the data. We have a lot of clients that are running them and we kind of advise them on what to do there, but that's an ad format that's powerful. And that's going to open up to more and more people as we go. So yeah, my advice is pay attention to what's going on on the Amazon platform. It's going to impact all marketers to some degree over the coming years.
0: And just keep in mind, Amazon is so much bigger than the name Amazon. People forget they own Whole Foods. They forget that they own Twitch. They didn't know that they owned IMDB. I mean, they forget about Amazon Prime sometimes. Like Amazon Web Services. Like, yeah. Know, they, they, they have massive amounts of data that they're just barely starting to tap for the advertising opportunities. And this is a good time because right now, a lot of people outside of the e-commerce space in the traditional way of thinking about it, just as advertising a product, aren't doing the kinds of things we're talking about. And this is your chance to kind of get started in the grand scheme of things early. I know it sounds crazy to say that, but it this is early because there's no question that they're going to eventually connect all these different companies together and start sharing all this information. Don't you agree?
2: I do. It's still it's still very early. You know, for some of the traditional Amazon ads, sponsor products, sponsor brands, there is a lot of competition. Those those are maturing much faster. So CPCs are are relatively high there, but but still can be very very profitable. But especially on the Amazon DSP side, most people don't know about it. Most people are not using it. So it is very early in that game, and and really there are a lot of opportunities for people that that learn it, start to experiment with it you know, use it now and and can grow kind of as it grows. So yeah, still lots and lots of upside for sure.
0: So Brett, um, I would love you to tell everyone, first of all, who are the ideal clients that you like to work with and where can they discover more about you?
2: Absolutely. So ideal client for us, you know, our, our bread and butter, our core is e-commerce. That's what we're experts at. That's what we do day in and day out. So if you sell physical products, on your own website or on Amazon or ideally both, then we'd love to talk. And, and we're primarily working with people that own their own brands. So rather than, rather than just reseller, someone who has their own brand and they're trying to grow it and build it and someone who's growing pretty rapidly. So we, our motto is we like to accelerate the growth of existing e-commerce brands. And so if you're e-commerce, love to chat. But if you're outside of e-commerce, if, if you know the, those ideas around movie and travel and some of those things we talked about, if that Gets you excited and you say, hey, I've got this particular thing that I think Amazon DSP could be good for, still happy to chat and talk about that. Just just know that our core is more e-commerce. So uh, in terms of getting in touch with us, you know, our, our website is omgcommerce.com. But if you go to omgcommerce.com forward slash SME, got a resource there. So we've got, got a free downloadable guide. Just gives a little more information about DSP, shows some sample DSP ads and where they can be placed and things like that. And then then also there's kind of a video breakdown of Amazon DSP. So you can kind of see it in action as well. So that's omgcommerce.com forward slash SME and get more details on Amazon DSP.
0: Brett Curry, on behalf of all of my listeners, I just want to say thank you so much for opening our eyes to the potential with Amazon ads. Really appreciate it.
2: Awesome. Michael, thanks for having me back. Uh, Loved it. Had a blast and I look forward to talking again.
0: By the way, if you missed anything in today's episode, we take all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 367. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world.
1: The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.
0: If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.